into the department. And then, uh, unless there's letters, we get the hell out of here. There is no letters. Well, there is actually. We got a patron, dude. Oh, we got a patron? Eddie Beals. Oh, Ed Beals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he's giving us some money, man. All right. How much? Two bucks? Yeah, it's two bucks. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's good. You know, you can't get more patrons until you get one patron. So All you good. need is that one to, like, get the ball moving. Now, if we can just keep them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyway, it's Potter Zeebie, the comic book nerdcast that dares to ask. Ha ha, what? Me worry? I'm your idiot, Kyle Bridget, and with me, your co-idiot. Patty McInerney. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> Christmas is over, ho- dog. <laughs> I, I, this is our, our holiday episode, I'm sorry. No, our last one was our holiday. Well, this is a different holiday. This is New Year's. This is our New oh, Year's yeah. holiday special. May old acquaintances be forgot. Acquaintances? I don't know, acquaintances? Isn't that I it think is? it's acquaintances. <laughs> you know how in poetry they'll like just like delete letters, you know? It might have been quinces. Quinces. Yeah, I think those are like a little, uh, like a peach almost or something. No, it's a the guy from Jaws. We're talking about <laughs> old quins. <laughs> anyway, I want to have a quick episode today because I, I want to get this out and yeah. it's the 29th or something so (laughs) we got to get moving let's go to our first department then bing bing it's the rambling men department you know i can put those sounds in in post in fact i do anyway (laughs) (laughs) i've gotten a lot of feedback and people say they really enjoy my sound effects where are you getting feedback from i get my personal email dms people on the streets (laughs) <laughs> i get them from my wife too so yeah well how about this one? Oh, oh no there's a ufo <laughs> i don't know I'll, maybe i can put a th- maybe i can put a theremin on that you know yeah. really kind of punch it up a bit that was, that was a pretty good ufo i gotta say so how you been? How are your holidays? What, did you get any good, good loot? Man. Yeah, yeah, I did. I got some very thoughtful gifts. Very few gifts, but the ones I got were very thoughtful. Thoughtful is code of... for bullshit, right? No, no. <laughs> cheap. <laughs> my my daughter got me a gift that actually, like, when I opened it, I was brought to you. It was incredibly sweet and and thoughtful. And so yeah, I got I got a lot of really sweet gifts. I did also get something from Momo and Dai-Dai. Um, oh, yeah? What's yeah, that? Back in the Bigfoot episode, whatever that was, like episode three or something, listeners will remember I had this memory of Mo appearing in the famed Weekly World News, that weekly newspaper that was just sort of like all made-up stories, kind of like The Onion, but even more, what do you call it, like fantastical, I guess. It yeah, it wasn't really satire. Like, The Onion is satire, but the Weekly World News was something else. It was, like, fiction. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, it was like, the National Enquirer on steroids, where you're, like, you read some of these newspapers, and you're, like, I'm pretty sure that's not true. You read the Weekly World News, and you can rest assured it isn't true. Um, yeah, like, you couldn't sue them. You couldn't do something you read in there and sue them, because no judge would ever believe that someone would take what the weekly world news was saying at face value no way no way in hell but if you guys remember my memory was that mo was in this and the article was bigfoot stole my wife and that was wrong but he does appear in the first story right on the page one and it's uh here let me this is uh some newspaper sound effect yeah thanks i could put those back in post as well (laughs) but you know what i can't take them out so try not to ruffle it too much (laughs) all right three-legged dog hobbles 36 miles and uncle mo appears his little picture next to the title and it says fritz beecher rushed to the rescue after foggy delivered a plea for help and so yeah he got a message from a three-legged dog that was it was exciting to see my uncle's appearance in this for Christmas, but it was equally exciting to see 
the page five girl. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we love I you, mean, a page five girl. Oh, I love it, dude. I was talking to so many people about this, like my sisters, my sister-in-law, just random women on the street, like reminiscing about <laughs> Weekly World News. And what I discovered is apparently the Weekly World News is something that women, it just was not on their radar. I oh, do you think? <laughs> <laughs> Newsflash. If you want to pick up women on the street, the Weekly World News is not the opening line. <laughs> Hey, didn't you marry Bigfoot? <laughs> Want to go out? <laughs> hey, the world's going to end tomorrow. You could do a lot worse. <laughs> yeah, you bitch. You'd probably leave me for Bigfoot anyway. <laughs> Am I wrong to think that there's a bit of a family resemblance there between... This is the first I've seen of Momo. Oh, yeah. A wise guy, eh? And I assume this is Momo in his prime. I think, um, to me, in my, honestly, in my mind, yeah. Mo, Uncle Mo's only had a prime his whole life. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I meant more like in terms of like his, uh, his sort of like peak age or whatever. Like he seems like he's about your age, maybe, or a little bit younger in these photos. No, I think he's older. No, oh, really? Dude, you're you, you focused on the wrong guy. Oh, is that not the same guy? No, Fritz Beecher. I thought those were both the same guy. No, 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 no. Ah. No, the guy with the mullet, it does kind of look like me now that you That's what I thought. That guy does kind of look like you. And I was like, oh, maybe this is like supposed to be a picture when he was younger. Yeah. Okay. So I guess there's a family resemblance to that guy. Yeah. Who whomever he is. It stock photo. Stock maybe you have one of those stock photo faces. Oh, I wish, dude. I would love to become a stock photo model. Yeah, that could be a new career for you dude yeah that'd be sick but anyway well real quick one last thing the way he got into it is die die's niece i believe would sell photos to them so she would just go around and find people and say let me take your photo she would take their photo and then she would just send them to weekly world news and they might buy some not buy others but she was that was her job like a little side hustle was being a stock photographer for weekly world news okay cool Neat. Is that like, so she was like the Peter Parker to Dick Culpa. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Dick Culpa was like, give me a middle-aged man. <laughs> and this was, this is in 95 and Dick Culpa was the editor in chief. There's some of his illustrations are actually in this, in this issue of it. Okay. Well, I'm hoping next issue we can actually talk about Dick Culpa. So. Ooh. Episode. Yeah. 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 I think our podcast issues. Oh, whatever. Next episode. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to that'd refer kinda, to it. That'd be kind of cute. We should call it issues. Yeah. Well, we have lots of issues. That's for sure. How was your, you... your Christmas <laughs> holidays? My, my uh, it was good. Kind of tiring. We, we thought we were going to have more people there for the turkey. And so we got like a big, a big ass turkey, like 18 yeah. pounds, <laughs> <laughs> like a big ass turkey. And we had a lot of turkey. So, um, for the last few days, we've just been like trying to conserve the turkey. We've made a turkey pie, we've made <laughs> a turkey casserole, we've made turkey yeah. stock, and then turned it into turkey soup, <laughs> hot <laughs> turkey sandwiches. You know, we're and we did. We made it through all the turkey post Christmas. Didn't have to throw any out, so that's pretty good, I think. Nice. And well, and this year it was a bigger deal, right? Because my kid was four, so it's like he was chomping at the bit. Oh, dude. Yes. Yeah. And he got I... a lot of guys. A lot of guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's like his favorite thing, or guys, you know? No, I... I don't know. What do you mean? Like action figures? Yeah, like little guys, you know? It's like a no, Star Wars okay. guy. Here's a Ninja Turtles guy, you know? <laughs> guys, you know? Oh, you didn't play with guys? <laughs> No, I had guys. Yeah. I had scads of guys, dude. I was all about the guys. And uh, yeah, so we got lots of guys and uh, it was cool. I like the guys. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> he, he like has these little narratives. He makes up like terrible names for them. It's cute. Yeah. That sounds darling. Yeah. I mean, in terms of like haul, I got a lot of like little tech that I needed. So I got a USB hub, which is really nice. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. I had four USB ports on the back of my Mac 
one of which is permanently in use. So I ha I've yeah. had three ports at the back of my screen, so it's not very accessible. And now I have like all of them right here. It's nice. So, Thank God. And I got the Garbage Pail Kids Tarot deck. Oh, I yeah, want to see that. Yeah, it's interesting. It's very interesting. Like they definitely lean towards serious, very serious, I would say. Really? Like for Garbage Pail Kids, it's not as silly as you would think. And what else did I get? Oh, I got uh, Noah Van Skyver's The Complete Works of Monte Bukowski. Bukowski. Yeah. 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 So I'm looking Which forward to reading Which one was it? Is that. it the, the one like the, the America's Library? Oh, okay. Yeah. It's, I don't know if you can see it. It's actually right there. <laughs> yeah. No, I can't. Oh, okay. Well, actually, it's, I, I, it's I, the one with the kind of abstract picture of him on the cover. You know, it looks like a painting. I think it's the yeah. recent one. Oh, yeah. What is that? What do you got in your hands? Oh, I also got a Drew Friedman book. Oh, very cool. This one's really cool. It's all underground cartoonists. Probably about 100 portraits or more. Yeah. And with a little paragraph right up on each one drawn by uh, the great Drew Friedman. And in fact, this book really appeals to me, but he's got one that I think his next one coming out would probably appeal to you. It's yeah. called Shtick Figures. Have you seen this? Have you heard of this? No. Shtick. No. Not stick. Shtick. Yeah. Yeah, and so it's all like, I think, TV kind of comedians. So um, I think Gilbert Gottfried's on the cover, but also uh, the guy who did Herman Munster's on the cover. And they follow the same sort of format where it's, you know, there's a big guy in the center and then all around there's kind of images. Yeah. And that sort of the kind of filigreed border. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Look at here's the Marx Brothers. Very cool. Yeah, yeah, I probably won't pick that one up, but it was this one was good to have, especially for me doing the crumb stuff because I can uh, can scan. I was also on a podcast. I uh, I went on the underrated movies podcast or the underrated. I think it's called underrated. He might say films afterwards, but uh, yeah, we went on to talk about uh, Fritz the Cat. Oh, very cool. Yeah, Wait, so that was fun. I'm gonna listen to that. You have to send I, me a link when that drops. Yeah, it hasn't dropped yet. Um, they've already posted the schedule of when it's going to come out. So it's like in like two weeks or something. Yeah. So yeah, it was fun. Check this out. Um, you can cut this if, if there's a need for time. But I wanted to show this to you. I got this as a gift. It's this French magazine. Okay. Um, and it's like thick as hell. I think it's like quarterly or something. So this is the third one. Tools Magazine number three. And it's called To Fold. It's bilingual. One page will be in French, and then the next page will be in English. But it's all okay. of these sort of like industrial things and sort of fine art examples of folding. Okay, and cool. The actual like definition and sort of explanation of function and form. I haven't really had a chance to like dig into it, but all the photography in it is absolutely beautiful. Every part of this is just, it's very well done. Yeah, it has a very know. clean presentation, interesting typography. Yes, absolutely. Dude, I am not good at folding. I am really bad at folding. You should get this. Dude, I'm so <laughs> good at folding. I fold laundry. Uh, you should see me with an iron, dude. Oh, my God. I, when I was in university, I had a prof who was really into folding. Yeah. And he was like a design teacher. And the first day he gave us like these, this origami paper and like the steps. And, but before the end of the class, like everyone was done. They were like leaving with their beautiful little origami things. And like, I was still there trying to do the first one to the point where he finally came over and just did it in like two seconds. It was like, okay, leave now. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go home. You're terrible at this. Yeah, your um, education is complete. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm I'm better. I'm better at it now, but I'm still not very good. Yeah. You got those eight page zines down. You can do those. I know, but I, I'm not very good at folding them. They're never folded just right. You know, and you know, when I have students that do zines, some of them are really good at folding. And yeah. you'd see these students that make these zines are just perfectly folded. Like every everything's flush way better than anything I do. I usually pay someone to fold my zines if, if yeah. possible. I'm not good at it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's this has been Confession Corner. <laughs> and we should probably be moving along to our next department. Yes, our next department is that's all Shimon wrote department. No. <laughs> what? <laughs> I didn't read it. Yeah, me too. We should Okay, good. Good, good. We actually should address that somehow. So, let's actually just keep riffing on this. 
yeah, mad cover site. It seems down, to dude. be down. Yeah. Um, I texted you last night, which was like, I don't know, the 28th. And it was a frantic text. Uh, I didn't know what to do. I just, just said mad cover site all over. And it redirected. Cracked cover site and mad cover site are both down currently. Have you ever seen um, Breaking Bad? Yes. It's like the prison assassination that Walter Wright organized, both Cracks cover site and Mad cover site at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we should say it's not actually down. It's on like a under construction page or whatever you want to call it. He's actually updated it. So yeah, it was like um, it would redirect to madcoversite.com slash lorpal.html, which I think is a, a Don Martinism. And it would just say mad, mad cover site all over it in like this mm -hmm. crazy text. And it's been updated. And now it has a photo of Doug Guilford. Have you seen this? I haven't seen this. No, I'm hearing okay. this for the first time. All right. It says, for the past 19 months, I was linking to full mad articles through the resource of the Internet Archive. Links from those articles, article titles, went to embedded pages featuring the articles hosted by IA, Internet Archive. Around Christmas, IA uh, decided to restrict those resources. I was left with countless dead links spread over 415 issues. The owners of MAD won't say if they issued a takedown notice to IA, but I have my suspicions. And IA said they weren't at liberty to discuss their decision. In the end, copyright is copyright, and I kind of suspected this day would come. So I've got some work to do restoring things back to before the project. It was a fun diversion and revitalized my interest in this 26-year-old hobby. And I know MAD fans from all over the world like seeing old articles through my site. MadCoverSite.com is in a holding pattern as I clean up the dead links, erase all signs of Internet Archive, step back, and see what's next for it. That's basically what he told me when I contacted him. He also seemed uh, quite concerned that you were upset when I told him. What? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he was concerned for your mental health or for your general well-being. Well, I mean, general. I use that website every time I make a video. Well, you know what? Just today on Facebook, I saw a post from, um, oh, fuck, who was it? Sam Viviano. It was from Sam Viviano. And he was talking about how he had done some sort of drawing or something and wanted to like link to an issue that was referencing and Mad Cover Site was down. Yeah. And he was speculating on it a bit. So it's like Mad Cover Site, when it goes down, like people notice, you know? Yes. Yeah. And <laughs> it, I mean, it's like, it's such an immense resource. And Doug is like the amount of work that he's put into it can't really be exaggerated. I did an interview with him on my channel and like you, he said in this, he's been doing it for 26 years. So he's been doing it since like HTML one, right? Like the internet 1.0, whatever it's called. So he's written all the HTML code for that entire website. So it's not like Squarespace where he's dragging and dropping and making links that way. This is a complex website with a lot of moving parts and a ton of hard work that he's put into it. Yeah, and it looks like that, like it, I mean, and not in a bad way, but I mean, it, it has like a retro, as far as the internet can be retro kind of look to it. Yeah. But it's nice. It's nice. I wish you could right click on things. That kind of pisses me off. Um, but otherwise, what do you mean? I think certain things you can't right click on. Right click to what end? Well, because normally if you'd right click on like, say an image, you could save yeah. it. And you can do encoding, you can, you can block that out. And I mean, it's not that I'm trying to steal images from mad cover site. It's that I want to open things in another tab. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I find mad cover sites kind of a pain for that. So maybe while it's down, maybe we could get that up into, into tip top shape too. <laughs> yeah. Hey, but I use out. that site all the time. I love it. Yeah. Bleep and, this out. Uh, Every thumbnail that I made, I've stolen the image from my <laughs> Well, everyone does. Everyone does like you see any kind of like internet blog article or like news article or whatever, whenever they have mad covers, so often it has the mad cover site watermark on it because it's the yeah. go-to source and mad uses it, you know, yeah. like, <laughs> so, and I think he's actually been like thanked in acknowledgements and different kinds of books and stuff. 
Yeah. Well, I think he's appeared in Mad. Like they've referenced his website in Mad yeah. Magazine. So, yeah. I don't know. Hopefully everything gets sorted out. I mean, that's a lot of work. 415 links to eliminate is probably a good a chunk of work to be done. But I really hope it comes back up. Yeah. And my heart goes out to him because like I've, you know, done videos and had them taken down for whatever copyright or, you know, adult content or whatever. Some other outside power gets to decide what, what you can do creatively. And yeah. uh, it sucks. It pisses you off. It hurts. And, you know, it's a lot of work. And when it's a labor of love, it hurts more because it's not just money that you're out. It's like something you did because you cared about it. And so it sucks. Yeah. Kyle, most of your stuff, is it removed because it's too sexy or too <laughs> racist? <laughs> or maybe both. I haven't had anything taken down for being too racist. I have had things taken down for child endangerment. <laughs> i posted i had a video just from like the 30s of yeah, like a circus performer like throwing knives throwing yeah. knives she was like a knife thrower and she had like her her kid involved in the act and she's just throwing knives and there's like an old-timey announcer over top it's like get a load of this dame she throws knives at her own kids connie ann is a veteran at being a target for her mother's cutlery and doesn't turn a hair at ma's cut-ups even though ma's pretty sharp with the cleavers wow isn't that a cool thing you know i mean i i don't remember what it said exactly but someone reported it for child endangerment this like newsreel yeah. And, uh, I got, I had temporarily had a channel strike and it took down all my, my scheduled uploaded videos, which yeah. were like months in advance. It was a lot of work. And then they came around and said like, no, actually, I guess this is fine. <laughs> but, oh my God. and that happened to me recently with another video. I had a temporary channel strike and then they, they adult restricted the video. So, but it's frustrating. I have a warning on my account that like will go away in February, but until that goes away. I've had it for like more than a year. They've only just made it recently that you can actually get rid of them. Yeah. If I got three strikes at once, my channel would get taken down Do regardless they... of whether or not they stuck. So it's kind of a, a scary thing. So when I get that notice, you got a strike, even though then you get another email that says, oh, sorry, never mind. We're wrong. Your gut kind of sinks. You know, I'm just, I've been doing this for three years. I'm just rounding like 3000 subscribers. And it's like so much work. <laughs> Oh, dude, that's exciting so, that you're getting 3,000 subscribers. Well, I'm glad I could make this mad cover site bit about me and <laughs> my YouTube channel. <laughs> I'm pretty close. I mean, I'm about 500 away, but I, I nice. picked up more than that this month. So I'll probably be over it soon. So oh, I'm going to regret gosh. milestone nostril zones because I just did one two weeks ago. I'll have yeah. to do one again in two weeks. <laughs> hey, it's a good problem to have. That's true. That's true. These are definitely like podcaster problems. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome now to the You Dirty Rat department. That was a terrible cagney. Welcome to the You Dirty Rat department. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can't believe you asked to do that. <laughs> Should be asking to have that cut out. Yeesh. Come out and take it, you dirty yellow-bellied rat, or I'll give it to you through the door. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Happy New Year, idiots. Uh, after decades of lobbying to rob us all of our collective culture with their monopoly on Mickey Mouse, the Disney Corporation can suck our respective dicks and pussies because Steamboat Willie is finally in the public domain. <laughs> Hooray. I'll put in like a big cheer sound there. <laughs> oh my God. Are you like purposely trying to make me blush? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't want to, I didn't want to just leave it to the dudes, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, okay. So I didn't realize I had heard about this thing where Disney and other companies but mostly Disney lobbied. Like, <laughs> was it like in the early 2000s to have that copyright extended? So here's here's the thing. Steamboat Willie would have initially entered the public domain in 1955, extended the copyright. 1986, extended the copyright. Yeah. And 2003, extended the copyright. I mean, around that time is when it would have been coming into the public domain. And each time there was lobbying to sort of extend copyright protections. Yeah. I think that it was that third one. That's the one that I had read about just in preparation for this. 
but that seems to be the one that got most people up in arms, right? Like that's what I hear about. The most recent one. Yeah, the one in 2003. Yeah. There was a lot of other things I think involved in that too, but also like people remember that because it's a theft, right? People remember when you rip them off. Like when you say like, you're supposed to get something, like let's say you were gonna inherit a bunch of money and like someone came in and like contested the will and got the money and sent, you're not gonna forget that, <laughs> you yeah. know? And that's what happens every time the copyright's extended because it's a wealth of culture that we all should own. Like we all deserve to own it. It's important. And it's just these big companies, they have a monopoly on it. and through sort of legal and capitalistic means, they're able to keep that for themselves and control that for themselves. And it matters and it sucks. Well, I think the thing that irritates me is not like this ability to like have collective ownership of it because I'm not gonna do any steamboat willy thing. Maybe I will just for fun. Um, but the, the irony that Disney made its vast fortune using things that were in the public domain, like all of these old European folk tales that are just owned by the collective. They used and they made, made their, what is that, the empire worth? Billions? Trillions? I don't know. Yeah, and in a sense, they stole it because they sort of become the definitive version of whatever story they steal. So it's like if you go do like a, a Bing image search for Pinocchio with your adult filter off or whatever, or on. <laughs> you want to have that adult content filter on if you're looking for Pinocchio, uh, for what I'm saying, because there'll be tons of them that are not drawn by Disney, but they all sort of reference that same sort of appearance. Like Disney is really, like because it's so powerful in its influence, it's able to really like change the popular conception of all sorts of things that are of the people like things that yeah. like they're a folk culture and also that's how new ideas come about right like we we reuse and we recontextualized ideas and we make new ideas out of that and that's how it's always been look at like myths or something you know one culture's myth sort of leads into the next culture's myth and they kind of evolve over time yeah greek gods become roman gods yeah or like the epic of gilgamesh and it's like the Noah story is in there basically, you know, it's like, and so things get kind of like recycled and like recontextualized for different cultures and it's important, right? It matters. So it sucks when people sort of take that away. And then the other thing is Mickey Mouse was co-created by Ub Iwerks. Grandfather to Sketchy Works. There you <laughs> I don't, I don't think he, uh, they had the paternity test back on that one. He died in 71. So his kids and him theoretically could have been making Mickey Mouse stuff in the late fifties, you know, yeah. if the laws had been changed. And the thing is you enter into contracts with an understanding of how the law works. So if you sell something in 1927, you're selling it with the knowledge that like, okay, in 1956, this will be available again to everybody in the public domain. It'll come back yeah. around. But now when you sell something, it's a life sentence. And it's like people didn't sign up for that in the 30s. So if anything, at least the estates of those people should have like some sort of remuneration for that, the, those changes in laws, I think. Yeah. Well, and we've seen that like with DC Comics. They've had to go to court several times. Marvel as well have had to do like character changes because of the way that they operated and were sort of using their talent in an unfair way. I think it's like pretty, you can say like Siegel and Schuster were treated pretty unfairly. Yeah, and I mean, there's so many stories like that where, you know, someone is heavily involved in the creation of something or outright create something and then they kind of sell it, but, and just as big company, you know, they sell to another company and merge with another company. And now it's like, you have these like, corporate interests like algorithmically enforcing their copyrights and it sucks like it it sucks and then on the other hand especially with like comics they want to act like they're like oh we're the new gods we're the new cultural myths and it's like no because the cultural myths and the gods belong to everybody you pieces of shit like <laughs> you can't have it both ways you know <laughs> yeah like it can't just be crass commercial marketing and then also deeply felt collective experiences or whatever in the same sort of way yeah well that whole thing with like comic book superheroes being like the new gods it's like always seemed corny and it's like no dude it's just they're fun stories shut the fuck up 
<laughs> I agree to a certain point, but I do think some superheroes have become archetypal. Like the question? <laughs> Maybe. More like uh, Superman. I think Superman is like, people understand that as like an image, as like a symbol. Yeah. I'm trying to think of a really ridiculous one. <laughs> like the question? <laughs> like the Joker, even. <laughs> yeah. So in honor of this big fuck you to Disney, we watched a bunch of copyright infringing Van Buren cartoons from the era of Steamboat Willie. And these are all from the Aesop's Sound Fables cartoon series that Van Buren, a New York based animation studio, was producing in the 20s and early 30s. And they had these mouse characters named Milton and Rita, sometimes Mary, I guess Rita is referred to. I usually call them Mikey and Mindy. <laughs> I didn't realize that they had names. Yeah, I don't think they officially have names. So I think that's why they can change a bit. We, I, I usually refer to them as Mikey and Mindy. So they had these mouse characters and they redesigned them to look almost identical to Disney's Mickey and Minnie around the same time that Disney's Mickey and Minnie were becoming very popular. And in 1931, Disney actually got an injunction against the Van Buren studio to get them to stop using the characters. And afterwards, you get Cubby Bear as their character, who basically looks like Mickey, but he's a bear. He's that same rubber hose animation style, but with a bear head instead of a mouse head. Yeah. And interestingly, Mickey was reworked from Oswald the Rabbit which Disney had created earlier in his career, but was owned by Universal. So it's kind oh, of interesting yeah. how that's just another sort of way in which like Disney sort of experienced something. And then instead of like not being a dick about it, he would use that knowledge to screw over other people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, that's so, a, it, go ahead. No, what were you saying? What were you saying? Well, go no, it, it just seems like like all of like the greatest businessmen, do that where they learn this like valuable lesson about how untrustworthy people or businesses are but the lesson they take away from it always seems to be well i will do that too yeah but it's always the wrong matter. lesson <laughs> it's never like wow it hurts people when i do this no yeah. it's like wow i could be hurting people way more <laughs> hey um ubby works get over here and I mean, I'm not an expert in these cartoons. I don't really know sort of like how dire Ubby Works' career was after this. I know he did a lot of other cartoons after this, but he did a bunch with Disney. And like he was he was the genius of the pair, right? Like, I don't know if Ubby Works died in poverty or something. I don't have any information about that. But I think there's an ecstatic truth to that story that it's, you know, there's a there's a relationship between creatives and business people where they fundamentally see the world differently and yeah. uh one of them gets stomped on a bit or sometimes a lot <laughs> so you you picked out all of these videos because you do have a deep knowledge on animation it, i it, just said i don't <laughs> <laughs> well i wasn't listening to you i'm sorry <laughs> And I won't be held accountable for my lack of attention. Um, All right, fine. <laughs> okay. I wait to talk too. <laughs> or in that case, I didn't. <laughs> oh, but from, listen, you have more than I do, and you watch a bunch of cartoons, and you have a bunch up on your channel. And when you would do live streams, you would do the intermissions, and you would play all of these old cartoons. So at least from my perspective, you do have a good knowledge base or like more familiarity yeah i'm pretty familiar with these cartoons yeah for sure yeah. i wouldn't have stopped you otherwise i was just kind of being a dick <laughs> <laughs> or pussy respectively <laughs> either way i'm not going to suck it <laughs> all right there were a lot of things about this i took copious notes one oh my god <laughs> <laughs> oh good that's what i got on all of them too yeah there's just so much that was kind of fun about these that I think is they're of their time. One of the things I really liked is the sort of like weird flowy movements they would have where it'd be like rubber hose, rubber hose yeah, animation. Like, That's what you call that. People <laughs> bouncing like side to side. <laughs> it was just so much fun. And the way they would do like these loops of animation was like absolutely mesmerizing. Yeah. And these are not by any means, the best examples of animation from the period van buren was kind of like they got better but 
they were kind of like a shysty studio. Like their their animations are like jerky and not nearly as fluid as like a lot of other companies. Like you go watch like a Fleischer cartoon from the period. Yeah. You know, it's just oh, wow. it's so it's like they're so fluid and nice. Whereas like these are kind of kind of jerky and they kind of cut out and there's frames missing and stuff like that. But there is a charm to them. They're still they're still fun to watch and they're still entertaining. But just in terms of the quality, if if that's something you're into, you definitely want to go check out other cartoons. Had you seen any of these before? No, none of them. Okay. These are kind of obscure too. There there were clearly some moments where it's like, wow, they put a lot of effort into that. And then moments later, it's like three frames per second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But no, I, I haven't seen any of them. What's the name of Van Buren? And it was um RCA Photofoam Systems. That was the recording that they used. And one of my notes is RCA Photophone System is ass. <laughs> I don't. You mean their sound? Yeah, their sound was bullshit, dude. Yeah, they can barely do any dialogue. It must have been difficult at the time to record speaking onto cartoons. Yeah. Because so many of them don't really have that, or they use it so minimally, and everyone speaks in like a kind of weird voice. Yeah. Like really over it, it almost sounds like they're talking into like a, a paper bag. And so yeah. it's like all kind of rattly and you can tell they are trying to really enunciate. Yeah. Or they're, they're trying to avoid it all completely. Cause there's sometimes where it's like characters are speaking. It sounds like they're speaking backwards. They're saying nothing. Yeah. You know, one time it sounded like they were speaking Spanish. <laughs> I think they may have been actually. I gave these to you in just kind of random order, but, uh, I have them down here, and I think some somewhat chronological order, at least by year. Mm -hmm. So the first one, this is Land of Cotton from 1929. <laughs> yeah, that was like the, um, the second to last one that I watched. And um, I don't I mean, listen, my, my thoughts on it changed as I watched it, because really it was like, um, it seemed actually like a good tale about how people should be treated equally. But they're slaves like the, the, the mice are slaves in like a plantation kind of way, but they they sort of overthrow their master and escape. So there is kind of like a Django. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there we go. Maybe uh, that should have been in there. Could you imagine if Quentin Tarantino had like done an old school animation to open up that film? <laughs> it was basically that it's probably not well, his interest, but yeah. But like if you think you know who was the biggest villain in that that film it was very clearly the slave master like he oh, was samuel jackson <laughs> <laughs> in lando cotton oh uh, lando cotton the, <laughs> yeah the person it was very clearly this the it's like a dog owner. or something yeah he um, was lecherous and cruel and just mean to animals and people alike or mice alike yeah he's like physically abusive sexually abusive and like mentally abusive like at one point he gives the mouse food and when she turns around to watch her and it's coming back he's moved the food just out of reach of her cage and then yeah. he comes and puts another animal in out of reach of it he's just torturing her for basically like i, I can't even remember what it was just like denying his advances or something i guess yeah but they escape and and a donkey helps them and it's a, a wonderful story and we all cheer for these these well, and I think you left out something important in that the donkey is riding a penny farthing for a piece of. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you don't like the old time bikes, huh? <laughs> like the the bike with the old timey front wheel. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about that. It's like even at in the 1930s, like that would be anachronistic. Like, well, so sort plantation, like slave plantations. <laughs> yeah, fair and point. Like, but do you think the kids would have been like, "What the fuck"? Like, ah. I think it's understood to be a historical piece. <laughs> and they, they all they all work together to murder the boss and be free, which is kind of nice. Yeah. Something for our purposes that we should mention is that this is before the mouse characters, Mikey and Mindy, we'll call them, started to look like Mickey and Minnie. Yeah, they, they look like mice, like, I guess, traditional mice. They have, like, conical faces and... Uh, yeah, they don't look like Minnie and Mickey, really, other than they have the big round ears. Yeah. Uh, and something that you notice is that when Disney draws Mickey from, like, the side or three quarters, there's one ear on the very top of his head 
and one yeah. jutting like out the very back and they never get that right at any point in <laughs> any of these comics they're always right on top of the head and it's like that's the marker of a mickey mouse knockoff more than anything i think yeah that and the teeth like some of them have like one tooth (laughs) or like even more disturbing like a full mouth of teeth that's like that's equally as (laughs) off-putting all right do you have anything else to add about the land of cotton no it was fun. I like the themes, you know, um, like the music. I mean, it's racist, but I like when they're sitting on the riverboat playing banjos eating and eating watermelons, you know. They're having a good time. It's fun to see, you know, and it, yeah. it really creates a contrast when then all of a sudden it's like revealed like, oh, they're doing hard labor. Oh, they're being auctioned off as like chattel. Yeah. It's kind of shocking. Yeah. My notes went steamboat exclamation mark. Holy shit exclamation mark. <laughs> And then finally, pretty progressive. <laughs> I mean, I don't even think it's that progressive. I think most people understood that like slavery was bad <laughs> by 1930. All right. So next I have Red Riding Hood. This is from 1929. This yes. is another Van Buren cartoon. We've got Red Riding Hood played by Mindy. This one doesn't have Mikey. She's going to visit her grandmother who's deathly ill, or at least she is until a doctor gives her a single drop of jazz tonic. <laughs> It's what it's labeled. And then she report she pours it all of herself and she regains her youthful vitality. Yeah, she turns into a hot grandma. My question is, is jazz tonic, was that like some type of code? I'd guess cocaine. I'd guess it's cocaine based. Yeah, okay. Anyway, she gets all uh, hottied up. Then the big bad wolf comes along. He's driving a tiny car and smoking a cigar. <laughs> Which I just love that. And then he arrives and grandma kind of vamps him with her hot new bod. Who are you? I'm grandma. Some grandma. Mm-hmm. What beautiful eyes you have. <laughs> and he plays the pipe organ while she dances. And uh, it's very suggestive. Yeah, it is. Listen, this is a little delayed. My favorite part is when she she spills the jazz tonic on her foot and only her foot morphs into like this high-heeled leg. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like her shoe changes into high heels. Yeah. But like also they're those kind of like blobby cartoon high heels. It's like a high-heeled yeah. sneaker that cartoons wear. It's the way I would draw a high heel. on. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I guess. I guess that's a high heel. Did you ever see that movie? It had John Ritter. I think it was called Stay Tuned. No. Where he buys like a satanic satellite dish and then gets zapped into his TV. No. Along with his family and they're like going through different kinds of shows. But they're all like evil and trying to kill him. Um, That sounds awesome. Yeah, at one point he actually zaps into uh, a world where they're cartoon mice. Oh my god. We're cartoons. Boy, this is strange. Strange? I'm an animated rodent wearing high-heeled running shoes. The word strange is somehow lacking. And she's got those things on. They only appear in cartoons. And then yeah. uh, Little Red Riding Hood shows up and Grandma hides in the closet. The wolf disguises himself as Grandma. But uh, the ruse doesn't take and Grandma, now in a wedding dress, and the wolf hop into his car and they elope. Yeah, this was very unexpected. Yeah, it was a strange twist where it's like the grandma's caught. Like she's like, oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, there's a few of those moments in these cartoons where it's like they it's a total departure of what I'm expecting will happen. Yeah, because they're not quite like the Disney cartoons. They're a little bit more lurid, you know, they're yeah. a little more adult. Uh, and then so Red Riding Hood runs and tells the wolf's wife <laughs> who runs after the wolf with a rolling pin, followed by her dozens of children who are also brandishing rolling pins. <laughs> what, yeah, that's like probably the best part of this entire cartoon. Like for a punchline, it's so awesome. They, they're marching up the aisle. And <laughs> it's just like little boy wolves and little girl wolves just marching behind her. And like that sort of looping that I was talking about earlier. And they're all brandishing the rolling pin, which is like the stereotype instrument that you bludgeon your, your good for nothing husband with, you know? Yeah, yeah. Andy Cap and wolves everywhere cower in fear of the rolling pin. That's true. Me too. <laughs> That's just because you can roll over your fingers. Ugh. Have you ever done that? No, dude. Oh, 
have you ever used a rolling pin? Yeah, of course. I make homemade pizza. Hey, me too. Nice. <laughs> Do you make your own dough? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I don't usually make my own dough. I go and buy it. Uh, I'll I'll send you the recipe I have for dough. It's really easy. To, look at I actually have it right here. <laughs> That's funny that you have it right there. But I I mean I already know how to make it. I already have a recipe for it. It's just it's cheap. It's also cheap to buy it pre-made, and you can buy like a whole wheat crust. Oh yeah. So I go to this little Italian market. They sell it there, and it's like a, a few bucks. So oh, I just yeah. I just feel like it's easier to get that. It works really well. When you make your own dough, it's not quite as nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh tell me about it all right what's up next what's our next one all right we got circus capers 1930 so first of all i love the fat lady under the tiny curtain <laughs> there's like uh the barker is there he's like a, i think he's a mouse and he's like she walks she talks she crawls on her belly like a reptile you know this is the traditional kind of like call and then it's all garbled but Uh, then this this tiny curtain pulls up and impossibly from under it is this just like fat slovenly dog woman and i mean i don't mean to insult her appearance but she's not rendered sexy <laughs> no. you know no. to, to some she is i'm sure there's someone out there but well, she is she's big she's a big lady and like her eyes are wonky and she looks like, you know, like she's had a lobotomy or something. It's very funny. And she does yeah. like a seductive dance. <laughs> yeah, this was the one where this is the last one I watched. But this is one in particular that I was like, I wrote down in the note, like the movements in these that these characters have are mesmerizing. Like I could yeah. make little gifts. If I could make a gif, I would make a gif of something. <laughs> well, Mindy... I think is at her sexiest in this of the ones you watch because in the other ones she's got like the literal rubber hose limbs where it's like all yeah. the limbs are just like a black stick with no definition. But in this one she's got like kind of like Betty Boop legs a little bit. Yeah, this one's a a pervert cartoon. Oh, well, I'll dispose of this <laughs> all for Silas, all for Silas. And it's kind of typical of all these mikey and mindy cartoons where it's like some awful mustachioed boss is trying to get with with mindy uh and then they sing a schmaltzy song about smiling or laughing instead of being sad <laughs> or nervous or whatever but this one subverts it a bit because mindy willingly goes with the boss and she's like yeah. laughs at at mikey and is kissing the boss and the way that the boss dispenses of mikey because Right off the bat, it's shown like Mikey and Mindy. They're a couple. They're they're smooching between acts and stuff. And then Mikey is getting into the human cannonball act, and the boss yes. fills the cannon with powder, so he gets launched really far. And then they run off, and like Mindy's laughing at him. It was horrible. She's sitting on his lap and like playing with his mustache. And I was anticipating that it would be something like she does something horrible to the boss. But just like that last one, Little Red Riding Hood, where they totally subvert my expectations. They do it again. Or you expect like her not to be willingly going with the boss to be kind of like the way Bluto would take olive oil and she'd be like. <laughs> that sort of thing. But no, she's just like she's in on that. She's just like, oh, this is a step up. He's he's the boss. But he does something. He get a little too fresh because when Mikey lands, he starts singing a song. Laugh clown. Even though you're only make-believing, laugh, clown, laugh. Even though something inside is grieving, laugh, clown, laugh. Don't let your heart grow too mellow. Just be a real punchinello fellow. And he's dressed like Pagliacci and stuff. When Then when Mindy comes out and goes to kiss him, it seems like he's going to kiss her, but he doesn't. And she does like a flip take and her panties fall off twice. <laughs> like, like right off. Mm, yes. And she's scrabbling around to get them back on again. But even before she can get her knickers on, I've seen everything. You know, I've seen it all. You know, like in the way that in a cartoon, if someone was shocked, their, their hat would shoot up in the air and come back down. Like her panties did that. 
And he's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, he gives her a raspberry. He's like, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like that one a lot. <laughs> it's probably my favorite. It was. It was a really fun one, but it, it did push the envelope. And I could see why Walt was like, yeah, you're getting a cease and desist. Well, I mean, the main thing is that they wanted to shore up their copyright, right? Because they wanted to build an empire on this this mouse and yeah. so you can't have other people doing the same thing and that's the thing about this this rubber hose style of animation and drawing is that the characters are all very generic we're not going to really talk about this one but i gave you a mary melodies cartoon with uh, foxy and roxy it's yes. like those are not mice but they might as well be they look exactly like mickey and minnie just their ears come to a little bit of a point at the top and their tails are bushy yeah was that which one was that was that smile darnia or office that smile darnia smile okay yeah which was one of the that department one. names i pitched to mad when i i had a full page comic in there smile darnia <laughs> kyle darnia <laughs> <laughs> it was a big list <laughs> yeah Wait. so next i have hot tamale yes oh, i yeah, thought this, this one was a bit of a dud it was a dud. I thought it was fun. It was kind of weird. It had like a lot of kind of visual things that I liked. Like when, um, what's his name? Morky? No, 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 no. Morky and Morny. Oh, Mikey and Mindy. <laughs> Mikey and Mindy. You know, he's serenading her with his guitar. And he goes in and then he gets literal cold feet. Like he gets blocks of ice on his feet. And, yeah. Um, they do that cool thing with kind of his like phantom version of himself comes in. Yeah. That's kind of cool. And then you add like the, again, like the mustachioed bad guy that um, kind of swoops in. But I, my main problem with this one was that it took too long. It's like an eight minute cartoon. It takes six minutes for, let's call him uh poop leg poot <laughs> to show up uh, and uh you know the best part i felt in there was when the like the, there's like an eel and a lobster and a frog they're like singing the chorus to a song and like the cactuses are dancing you know you yeah. like to see that but it just seems like it could have been a little bit more even throughout this one um so this cat shows up this is like the the poop leg poot and uh tries to win over mindy but he can't so he kidnaps mindy and then uh mikey saves her and he's got a sombrero on through his whole thing probably why i picked this one i thought you'd probably like that oh i do i love it yeah. you know i love that mexican style yeah the music's good in this one this one has good music well and the cat speaks spanish this the cat yeah. is like lighting him up in spanish and it was uh that was kind of cool um there is something else that's very strange and it's like these they're donkeys that they're riding around or the burros as they would say um <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, they're like made out they're like mechanical so their, yeah. their legs look like wooden puppet things and they like mickey screws or Ming mingo Mick michael <laughs> mikey hey mikey mikey milton like, is actually milton but milton i say mikey screws off his head and like throws stones into the cat's donkey yeah it's very weird it is they have these mechanical bodies but they have like regular expressive heads yes yeah, it's very strange. I don't know what was going on there. The only thing I can think is that maybe that's like a play on gay guacho films or whatever, where maybe they used fake horses. You yeah. know, maybe you'd have scenes where people were just sitting on like a fake horse or a fake donkey. And maybe that's maybe. kind of playing on that. I don't know. There is some pretty heavy smooching that's alluded to at the end also. You like the smooching? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Smoochie? <laughs> hey, Poochie, you look like you've got something to say. Do you? Yes, I certainly do. I have to go now. My planet needs me. <laughs> <laughs> so this final one, The Office Boy, I actually, I watched these in reverse order. Okay. So I, I didn't give them to you in any order. I just gave them to you and I was like, I'll figure out how we'll put this together later. Yeah, but yeah, as it happened, I um, yeah, I watched Office Boy first, and then I went progressively older and older. 
with these cartoons. But this one is like, you get the office boy starts out, he's playing the harmonica, and this is like the most Mickey looking version that we have. He's got the shorts with the button on it. Yeah. He's got, you know, I don't know. I guess that's it for Mickey, the big old boat shoes. I feel like the vibe is more Mickey in this one, too. Yeah. He's the office bitch for uh, Railroad Tycoon E.P. Dunkwasser. Uh, and he and Dunkwasser's secretary, Mindy, are in love. So that's kind of the premise. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, 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 the whole quality of it is like a lot higher. I actually, I did watch this one with my kids. And I'm glad it's the only one that I watched with my children, by the way. <laughs> if you watch the uh, Cubby cartoons, if you go on my channel and look up the Cubby cartoons, yeah. um, those are the cartoons that came out basically after the cease and desist. The, mm -hmm. I find those are a higher quality and uh, they're, I think they're a little more child-friendly as well. Yeah. So uh, Mikey does this darling thing when uh, Mindy comes into work where he's like dusting. And with his tail, he types on the typewriter, I love you. <laughs> and then she sits down and she hits a key and it's the number two. And she gives the note to him. Yeah. Like, how? Come on. It's a little cloying, but. <laughs> oh, dude, I loved it. Cartoon characters like that sort of thing. Yeah, and then the boss comes in and gets her to take some dictation. Dear sir. She starts typing, and she's typing, obviously, too long to be what he said. Then he's like, ah, um, uh, and she types that. <laughs> he's ah, uh, and then finally she just pulls it out and gives it to him. He's like, oh, okay. <laughs> and then he goes into his office, and it's Mikey's job to kind of keep anybody from disturbing him. Yeah. And so you get a couple scenes of what the boss is doing with his time, and he's, like, playing with toy trains, smoking cigars, working on his golf game. Riding around the office. He's, like, sitting on this teeny tiny train, just, like, spinning <laughs> around on the office. It was amazing. Yeah. He puts a cigar in the, like, the steam hole or whatever, and it's, yeah. it's puff, puffing up the top. Very cute. Uh, and then these, like, goofy, kind of, like, rich guy stereotypes are showing up to talk to him. And Mikey keeps pressing a button that pulls up a sign that says in conference. <laughs> yeah. But then he calls in uh, Mindy and they start dancing. And uh, Mikey doesn't like that too much. So then when Dunk Wasser's wife shows up, he doesn't cover for him. And she goes in and finds him uh, getting handsy with, with Mindy. And in fact, when they're dancing, it seems like she's dancing with him as a friend, right? Like she's just like, oh, we're just dancing. This is fine. And Mikey's being a little silly. But then when they open the door, when his wife shows up, I don't know if you notice this, but you can see in the reflection in the window, the he's like grabbing her and she's fighting uh, him off. So yeah. obviously he did get a little fresh as bosses are wont to do with their secretaries, especially then. And then Mikey and Mindy, they jump into a painting of a train and sing You're a Fascinating Baby to each other as the train kind of rolls away. <laughs> You're a fascinating baby, such a fascinating baby. And your roly-poly eyes look good to me. For you sure seem mighty clever. I could flirt with you forever. One of the things that I love so much about these old cartoons are the inanimate objects that become animated. And I think it was one of them that you sent that we haven't talked about where there's like all of these ads that like the person looks up at and they become animated and activated by people looking at them. And like the things like the the newspaper or the, like the little fish and lobsters that come out of the yeah. thing. Everything's alive. I, yes. It's Toontown. It's Toontown from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah. Um, and it's very magical. It's like you want to live in that world, you know, even though when you stop and think about it, it's kind of like a, a demonic nightmare world. Much like Toontown. Yeah. But there there is something about it that's very appealing. It's just so fascinating and so enjoyable to like look at and not think about too much. <laughs> so I got to say, I am so excited for all of the rubber hose animation that's going to come out next year using Steamboat Willie. Well, hopefully, I mean, just because it's in the public domain, Disney still owns the trademark on it. 
they even changed their logo in I think 2007 or something to be the iconic scene of Mickey at the wheel of, of the steamboat in part I think to shore up their trademark so it's like you can you couldn't release a product with that image on the cover or a book with that image on the cover because that's their trademark even though that's in the public domain mm -hmm. you know and they'll use the law to basically force people to concede even where they're not in the right yeah because i mean because they can just use their vast sums to get you to stop like they can just tie yeah. you up in court and they can go forever and you can't so exactly and if they do go forever and they get to the end of that trial, they'll back out at the last minute so that nobody else can have the same deal that you're getting, basically. So if you want to do the novelization of Steamboat Willie and release that as like, you know, an epic young adults fiction series or something yeah. and they come after you, yeah, you're not going to be able to fight them, you know? Maybe we should work on that. Well, I mean, the thing we were going to talk about was air pirates uh, when I was just decided, like, I don't want to do a bunch of research. I want to do an easy episode. But that's where Dan O'Neill and a bunch of other underground cartoonists that would have been in that Drew Friedman book I showed you earlier. Yeah. Did a comic where it was Mickey and Minnie Mouse like having sex and doing drugs. And they did get sued. And it's like a, it's a very interesting court case. And it's certainly worth looking at in the future. But I just I don't have the energy between Christmas and New Year's, you know? No, no way. This cover for Air Pirates looks fucking amazing. Mickey Mouse yeah. meets Air Pirates funnies. And he's. He's flying a plane that has dope tied to the back, like bags that just say yeah. dope on it. Oh, you know who'd be fun to talk about that with, I bet? Like Noah Van Skyver or someone like that. All right, Noah, give us a call. Pick up the phone. Yeah, 612-877. Wait, that's my real number. Cut the that. <laughs> we got to make a jingle. We got to get it into like a number and a jingle. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know. Is there anything else you have to add? No, dude, I'm I'm so glad that you brought these to my attention, though. It was like a lot of fun to just sit back and watch these. Yeah, and it's nice to watch Disney suck our respective pussies and dicks, you know, uh, and not be able to do anything about it. So that's always fun, too. I'd like to be your sheep at least three times a week. And how I'd love to fight my initials in your cheek. You're a fascinating, fuzzy little bunch of loveliness With exasperating, captivating eyes, I must confess You're a fascinating baby doll to me Here we are in the begging and groveling department <laughs> That's right, folks. This is where we get down on our knees and we just... We let you know that we want something from you. We want you to tell your friends. We want you to tell your family about Potter ZB. You know, maybe... You're a bearded old man in a toga with a sash that says 2023. And uh, you can tell little baby New Year about Potter ZB. And they can carry Potter ZB all the way through to 2025. Also give us five stars on whatever your favorite calendar app is. This is the year of Potter ZB podcast, folks. Amen. Unless we stop after the first year. And then that, that in that case, that will have been the year of Potter ZB. <laughs> yeah, and it's like a limited edition. It'll be that lightning in a bottle. That's podcast. right. I think Potter we'll keep ZB. going. This is too fun. This is too fun to not yeah, keep like going. It. Yeah. And you can tell us how much you like it by sending us an email. Oh, yeah. Potter ZB podcast at gmail.com. Make sure that subject line reads idiot mail. And please show some respect. Address us as hey, idiots. You idiots, dear idiots. Happy New Year, you idiots. <laughs> yeah, try that one. No, I mean, not if it's like weeks from now. Don't do that. It's weird no, after like no. two weeks. You have two weeks. And in of fact, it'll New necessarily Year. be weeks from now because we probably won't get around to reading it for a couple weeks anyway. Yeah, so forget that. Actually. We're bi-weekly, so. Yeah. We're weekly curious, so. so. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Also, we'd like to thank our uh, Patreon supporter, Ed Ed Beals. I think we can say his Eddie last name. B. Ed Beals. Ed Beals, friend of the show. Thanks for signing up. You too can sign up and make it more difficult for him to request a topic. That's one thing you can do if you join up at the $2 idiot tier. Every fourth episode or whatever, however it works out, we're going to take suggestions from the Patreon. So right now it's whatever he wants. And so we're really in the palm of his hands. It'll probably be robots yeah. or something. <laughs> um, <laughs> He's into robots and ray guns. <laughs> oh, I love it when people call them robots. Yeah. And, um, 
Kyle, where should they go if they want more of you and less of me? Well, you can find me at my website at kylebridger.com. Everywhere else, I'm at Little Cozy Nostril, uh, including at YouTube, where I do a show called Canonically Crumb, where I explore the comics and characters of R. Crumb's Crummyverse. And hey, why not start the new year off right by buying the official Potter ZB t-shirt? You can find the link in the show description. If you want to watch me, youtube.com slash at flipping through or flipping through.com that's probably easier and then just click a link or bring it right there every week i post a new review of an issue of mad magazine i talk through it i look through it i give commentary every other sunday i do a lovely live stream yeah that's it yeah yeah it's a lot of fun are you gonna do one i mean it'll have happened already but will you have done one on new year's day Uh, or new year's eve no because i'm going out on new year's eve okay yeah i just didn't have anything to do so sorry i missed you i don't know i i I don't like missing weeks but it's fine anyway you lucked out yeah i did potter zb will be back in two weeks with more potter zb podcast hey guys (laughs) thank you so much for listening by the way ed how's your mom i'll spice that Oh, yeah, I forgot. Uh, that was our uh, idiot of the week at the beginning, uh, Mickey Rourke. So. <laughs> <laughs>